Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. God, we love you. God, we need you. Thank you that your presence is here with us this morning. No matter what's happening in our world, no matter how much pressure seems to be on us externally or internally, we thank you that you are the the friend that sticks closer than a brother, that you are near to us, that you're not distant, you're not far away, that you are super close. Lord, help us to remind ourselves about your nearness, your closeness. in our encounter with you we get all that we need so God we thank you for today we intentionally stop and pause and slow because the pace of this life is it's crazy at times but your unforced rhythms of grace is the speed at which we want to operate. We want to be in step with you, not out of step with you. And if that means slowing our life, then we're prepared to do that. Lord, we thank you for the, the moments ahead we have in this service, Lord, that it's not done yet. You've still got more for us. So Lord, would you do what only you can do in this place? Would you permeate and touch and heal every heart, every mind, every life, every body in this place? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you can grab a seat. So good. We, um, starting a series called How to Unhurry. And um, it's sort of birthed out of a lot of stuff that Anna and I have been discussing and journeying through at the start of this year. Um, and and the, the bulk of the content that we're going to be journeying through is from a book called um, The Relentless Elimination, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And, uh, and you're going to see a little bit of him this morning and then Anna and I will discuss um, some of this content on the back end of that. But before we do, I just wanted to, I guess, um, preempt this series. Last week was great. If you can jump online, jump on Spotify, iTunes, podcast, uh, C3 Coffs Harbour, you'll be able to hear last week's message, which was the prelude intro into this series. But essentially, we're just talking about the fact that life is... Um, at a pace unprecedented in history for us. And a lot of that's to do with the technological advancement and different things, and we are, we are hello, connected 24-7 to information and, and deadlines and things like that. But got us thinking, you know, is just because something is good doesn't necessarily mean it's God. And just because technology is good doesn't mean it's God's best for us. And so we have to learn to set our own pace for our own life in God's rhythm, not let external or even internal things dictate the pace at which we live life. Um, A study was done, and we shared this last week, 
um, uh, by the Southern University School of Business, and they conducted an obstacles for growth survey of over 20,000 people all across the world, 20,000 Christians they surveyed, um, and, and discovered that busyness was the major distraction from the development and growth of someone's spiritual life. Busyness or rush or being in a hurry was the primary factor in people's uh, lack of spiritual development, if you'd like. Um, And here's what, what his hypothesis was, this guy, Michael Zigarelli. It may be the case that, one, Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload, which leads to, two, God becoming more marginalized in Christians' lives, which leads to three, a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to four, Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to five, a more, conform, a more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload, and then the cycle begins again. And um, never before have we, um, I guess encountered so much positive feedback from um, the church about a series we're about to enter into. And um, I guess it's sort of confirmation to us that what's been happening on the inside of us that we want to bring into the life of the church is really a, a scratch, an itch that a lot of us need scratching. Um, we're really hitting on some stuff that, that is universal to all of us. And that's sort of why at the start of the year we looked at what does Jesus want for my life? And I think so often we can run ahead of Jesus thinking we're walking with him, but we're actually walking ahead of him. And we're going to stop and ask ourselves, what does Jesus want for these particular areas of my life? What are, the, what are the rhythms and the pace of life that he would want me to live at with the life he's called me to live? And so we're going to look over the next four weeks at four things that are going to help us unhurry. And so the first one today, we're going to look at silence and solitude. We're going to look at the Sabbath next week. And then the following weeks will be simplicity and slowness. And so these four S's are just beautiful alliteration. I love alliteration. They're so great. Um, And so today we're going to look at silence and solitude. And so what we thought we would do is rather than reinvent the wheel, we're going to hear from the author of the book that sort of exploded all this thought for us in the first place. And he's got um, four short videos each on these topics to look at. So we're going to watch uh, the first video this morning, then we'll discuss on the back end of that. So fix your eyes to the screens. Thank you. Cool. Just practice it right now. Let's just do it. Um, Thanks, Cam. Beautiful. Everyone really is practicing silence right now. Well, because I think this is is probably one of the ones that will rub against the grain more than any because life is noisy right there's there's always something vying for our attention and our focus and Mm. um i remember the first time have you ever ever worn like noise cancelling headphones like the one that go over your ears and then you flick a switch and it cancels out every bit of external who's worn those before anybody how freaky is the first time because normally there's a muffle, right, where you put headphones on and you can sort of hear stuff going on vaguely around you, but then you flick a switch and all of a sudden it's like... And it's like, this is awkwardly silent. This is so... It's almost deafening silence, the, the juxtaposition of that feeling. And I think that's because we are so used to noise. We, we go to sleep with... Um, there's apps now that just have bubbling brooks playing in our ears so we can even go to sleep in silence with noise. And we wake up and, and there's just noise all around us. So this, this Christ 
following practice of silence and solitude is probably going to be something that's going to take us a while to fully embrace and, and, and settle in with and ride with. But I'd love, babe, for you to share some thoughts around this. That well, um, it, It's been really interesting, actually, the more and more that we've been reading and listening to about this whole idea. And an interesting thing that came up was that NASA when they're training um, people to go to space, they actually have to train people specifically. They put them in silencing chambers because what happens when you get to space is it is so silent that it actually brings up anxiety in people because they actually aren't used to the silence to the point where they can hear their blood pumping in their body. They can hear their tendons creaking and... The skin moving over their muscles. Yeah. The legit. And so they actually have to spend multiple training sessions with people preparing them for it. Because we think often that we're sitting in silence, but we're not. We actually don't really know what silence is anymore. And so that, it's like you're saying it, it's actually quite bizarre. And the first thing to arise is anxiety because it's like I am not, I can't cope with the, yeah. the quiet, mm. the silence, yeah. And oftentimes, we're like, I'm guilty of this too. We'll go, I'm going to have some quiet time and the first thing we do is chuck headphones on with worship music mm. and, mm. and we call it quiet time mm. and, and we'll justify it. Saying, oh, but it's like Jesus is with me all the time. I don't need to be in absolute silence. But I kind of think this is, this is a practice and we do see this practice in Jesus. He would go away to solitude silent places to pray and um, and I think it's it's the reason silence is so important especially in, in 2020 is because of the, the reasons we just mentioned about how life is so loud like there is just so many things yelling at us every single day every screen we look at every place we go and and the, the scriptures describe God's voice as, as a whisper and so it's not as a, as a loud um, clanging symbol that's trying to compete with everything else in this world for our attention or affection. God's voice is actually a whisper. And so we need to have a desire to get away from the, the noise of the world and have literal silence in order to allow the... In order to hear. To hear, exactly. To hear that <laughs> so still, small voice. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a very important. Yeah. And the other thing that I was reading about the other day was... Um, the micro moments of silence that don't happen through the day anymore, that this is the first generation where we don't have those micro moments of silence in the day because of the invasion of technology. So we might be sitting in a waiting room and the first thing we do, instead of just sitting and being silent and contemplating our own thoughts or speaking to the Lord or whatever, is that we pick up our phone. And there's, there's distraction everywhere we go. And I actually... I mean, two months ago this would have been me, but I was actually in a waiting room on Monday and I thought, I'm going to leave my phone in my pocket or in my bag or whatever. And for 20 minutes I just sat there. But it was everyone in the room was sitting at a phone. And I'm not judging because that's, you know, that's just, it's just an interesting thing to observe. But um, instead, yeah, just had this moment of quiet away from the news or the weather or whatever. And so that's been something that I've been trying to do. Justin's always on to me about getting Google Calendar on my phone. I'm like, no, I'm trying to minimise the amount of time that I use my phone, turning it, my smartphone into a dumb phone almost, so that there's actually nothing for me to pick up and look at 
that's very interesting at all. I can use it to call and text or whatever, but trying to change that habit. If I want to check my email, I go to a computer. And it's not always convenient, but it's this habit that I'm trying to break of constantly picking up my phone for something. What, have I got an email? What's the weather doing? How much rain's going to fall? Like, what's happening in the tennis or whatever it is? It's like removing those um, reasons to... So, to so pick it up and create more of those little moments in the day. Mm, those, those micro moments, I think, are good. Absolutely, I think. And I like what he's talking about too about the, I guess you call the macro moments. Those, those, which, which I love that he fa- he said, you know, start where you are, not where you think you should be. Like mm-hmm. I love that. Like this, like so often we go, yeah, I need to make a change, and I need to be praying two hours a day, and that might last for the first fifteen minutes of the first time you do that, and after that, it's like I never pray again because. And then you feel like you failed. Exactly, yeah. but there is this practice has no success, has no fail. The, the, the true measure, the true metric of, of success, if you like, in this, even though I said there is no success, is, is the fact that we are just present and available to, to hear God's voice. And um, if, if we have all the intention to do it for half an hour, it lasts three minutes. We had three minutes with the Lord. We had three minutes of silence. That's, that's a win. We've got to understand that. Um, but I think, too, like, I think we could all find ten minutes somewhere. Like, I would say that no one's doing anything between 3 and 3.10 a.m. any day of the week. So, you know, if you wanted to, this is time. No, um, we don't want to do no, that. No, don't do that. Um, but even in the midst of our busy schedules, I think it's important just to have that discipline. So, all right, I'm going to create 10 minutes, 15 minutes of silence and solitude, which I know as a parent and as, with young kids, it can be incredibly tricky. And I guess we need to be creative and just have a, a can-do attitude rather, rather than a this-won't-work-for-me attitude. I think if we have a this-won't-work-for-me attitude, well, then it will never work for you. Mm-hmm. It's like Henry Ford said, you either can or you can't. And both times you're wrong. depends on how you, how you approach it. And so I think if we have that I-can-do-this attitude, then that allows creativity to, to rise up in us about where we can find that 10 minutes. Um, and even in that 10, I want you to just talk briefly, if you can, on that. When we ha- let's say we get that 10 minutes, and, and he talked about allowing things to bubble to the surface. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, they're saying, too, that the, the opposite of this contemplative life and contemplative prayer is actually reaction. So the opposite of the... Um, having that contemplative quiet space with God is not the doing, doing, doing. The opposite, if we don't do that, is we become reactionary. And so, um, you know, we're all human. And so sometimes we might go into that place with Jesus going, I am frustrated, I am scared, I am angry that that happened, I'm offended that that person did that to me. But it gives us this opportunity for all of that to come out, we pray about that, we leave it with Jesus, we sort it out there, and then we just allow him to speak to us, and in his presence, everything is renewed, and we come out with wisdom, we come out with peace, we allow him to be the voice of reason in our life, and we don't react then to situations and circumstances that are happening to us. We've got a light show happening here. (laughs) Um, We don't then react but we actually live out of a place of calm, of uh, wisdom, like I said. And, uh, and it's interesting, um, you know, as human beings, we're conduits of spirituality and emotion. And so everywhere we go, we carry an atmosphere. And so that's why someone might walk into a room and they are angry and all of a sudden 
it puts everyone on eggshells because they've walked in with that atmosphere and they've changed the atmosphere in the room. So we have to be aware that everywhere we go, we carry an atmosphere and what kind of atmosphere do we want to carry? Do we want to carry the presence of God with us everywhere we go? Or do we want to be constantly blurting things on social media about how upset I am about this, I'm having a bad day about this, or I'm, I'm you know what I mean? Like you're constantly just like, <coughs> like reacting to everything that happens. But when we come into that place with Jesus, we have this opportunity to just leave it. We let him speak to us and then we go out and we do have an impact on the world around us because we're full of the spirit of God and the presence of God and the goodness of God. Absolutely. So good. So good. Because it, yeah, what's the alternative? We, 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 we live from the noise and we live from the service to the service or we live from the deep well, life-giving well of the presence of God. Yeah. And, and, and to access that well takes us removing ourselves from the busyness, the, the, the rush of life and actually spending time. And, and it's confronting, like you're saying, like when, when we're in those moments, um, we, can, we can feel so unholy and so unrighteous, right? Because the things we start to think about, the things we start to go, uh, the emotions we get, we, with this, I should be feeling uplifted, I should be feeling awesome, I should be feeling great. But, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will start to take things that are deep-rooted in our heart, bring it to the surface of our imagination, because for once he's got our undivided attention, mm-hmm. and he can actually help us deal with these things of anger or bitterness or hurt or offense or whatever and so we have these moments to allow those feelings to rise we embrace those feelings we acknowledge those feelings but then what we do is we take those things once we've identified them and like scripture says we surrender it to Christ and we say Jesus we thank you that on the cross you've taken that from me I release that over to you to live a life free from that thing that you've brought to my attention which I'm only made aware of because I made myself positioned to hear from you and Oftentimes we don't give ourselves enough grace to have those moments. Mm-hmm. And so this is what silence and solitude is essentially all about, is giving ourselves the grace to have these moments to hear what the Holy Spirit would have for us. Yeah. And it can work in the positive as well, that God reminds us about who we are in Christ and what we have in Him. And, you know, but it works on different levels. But yeah. and what I thought we'd do is, is have communion together. Um, so if the... Service the service crew could do that, um, and this is what we want to do every week. Is we want to we want to talk about these issues, and we, we could probably talk about this for hours, and it'd be fantastic. But um, I would encourage you if you want to grab the book, go grab that book, um, download it, whatever. It's epic. I will have a print off once we um, destroy the demon of uh, technology that's attacking our church of last month, <laughs> that has held captive Robbed our, our Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. For the last four weeks, um, we will have a printout of all these things in detail about silence and solitude, about stuff. So we'll give that to you. Um, but for, for now, each week we want to just watch these brief videos, have a little discussion at the back end, and then every week we want to take communion together, and we want to bring Jesus into this space in our life. And thank you so much. Um, and ask the question: All right, Jesus, what do you what do you want for this? What do you want for this area of my life? And, and so first and foremost, we, we do this. We take the bread, we take the juice because it represents 
what Jesus has done for us, his sacrifice on the cross, that he, he died the death that you and I deserve because of our sin, and he took that full punishment on the cross for us, and the, the juice represents his blood that was spilt, symbolizing, you know, what he, he had paid the ultimate price for us, and so we come and we drink and we eat with thanks, thankful hearts, remembering him, but it's got to be more than just remembering an event, it's remembering the legacy that we now live in as a result of that event. And so what I want us to do is, funnily enough, have a moment of silence and solitude, as difficult as that might be with the kids crazy in the background, but it's okay. We love that noise. That's a good noise. And let's think about, first of all, the beauty of Jesus and the bigness of what he's done for us and thank him, sincerely thank him. And let's take it further from just an event we're remembering, an event we're thankful for, but a legacy we're now living into, and go, all right, God, how can I, in my life, with my schedule, with my demands, with my lifestyle, how do I create enough margin in my world to have moments of silence and solitude with you? And I want us to actually think about a day of the week and a time and even a place. Some of us, you might have a, a prayer room that you can go to and you can sit and you can shut the door and it can be just you and God. Others, like us, live in a very small house with three kids and maybe we have to get out, go to the beach or go for a bushwalk or whatever. Sometimes I just drive around in my car. I just love the silence of sitting in the car. And but I want, I want us all to identify where we can carve out 10, 15 minutes. And maybe it's two or three days a week. Maybe it's not every day. Maybe we start small and lead to something bigger. But I think the point is just starting, initiating, and engaging with this way of Jesus, this practice, this ancient practice of silence and solitude. So for the next minute, I'm not going to speak. I'm just going to sit, contemplate, Allow things to come up in our mind, but be thankful for Jesus and find space for him.
Why don't we just stay in this moment of contemplation with our eyes closed and mindful of, of God. And as, as this service does come to a close, I, I would love just to create just a moment, an opportunity for anybody who's never made that decision to follow Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.